What's happening? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, NFL preview. We got NFL betting expert Ryan Elliott in studio. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to TopNotchOdds.com. If you don't have anywhere to place these bets online or you're looking for a different outlet, TopNotchOdds.com. Great live bets, huge selection of games. I know on here we talk about everything from tennis to hockey to soccer to football. Check it out all online, TopNotchOdds.com. And use promo code SHARPEDGE to get a 200% deposit bonus. All right, to my right, Ryan Elliott, NFL betting expert. Ryan, how are you feeling this week? We are feeling good this week, Tyler. Coming in I, strong? I, coming in strong. I have to. I, I cannot I cannot keep losing, do you? Do we have to wrap <laughs> last week up how things went? Uh, <laughs> I think we need to wrap up You know, our one bet against each other. <laughs> I mean, well, I want to say this. Ryan came in last week on Indy. It was one of my strongest bets of the season. I loved the Denver Broncos last, last week. And let's face it, with Denver, the window's closed. Oh my new gosh. quarterback, yeah. oh new my everything. God. I was a week off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was the week to to uh, to get on the Broncos. I do I, I do have something to say to you, Ryan. Not everything's a lesson, Ryan. Sometimes you just fail. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, man, it was uh, it was a good week of capping. Overall, we did pretty well. And uh, what do you got? Three bets for this week? Two Three bets? bets? Yeah, yeah. Lean and, and two bets. All right, mm-hmm. let's get to it. We yeah. always let you start things off. Uh, where you want to go this week? Uh, Tampa Bay at Seattle. Uh, current line right now: Seattle plus, or sorry, Seattle minus five and a half points. Um, it, frankly, Seattle to me is is an overrated team. Um, they they their strength of schedule has been poor, and and their defense is very susceptible. We saw, you know, first uh, first week of the season, Andy Dalton throw for over four hundred yards against them. Uh, just last week, I understand they were up twenty four nothing at halftime against Atlanta. But still, they let Matt Schaub, backup quarterback, throw for over 450 yards against them. I mean, that's just inexcusable. Last week? Yeah, last okay. week. Well, they were up a lot. I know that the line had moved from 3.5 to 8.5 once all the quarterback stuff sure. was, was ironed out. So the idea that Seattle was going to go on the road and get a win was not a surprise to anybody. The fact they were covering by that much, probably a surprise. But I always have a hard time looking at those stats and saying... They were accumulated all those yards. Every football team that's down, losing twenty four at halftime, is going to have a lot of passing yards. Sure. So I don't know how I, I don't put that much into Tampa Bay's passing yards last week. Right? They so th- or or the the passing yards Seattle gave up. I sure. Say. I guess so too. But you also have to look. I mean, uh, what the final score of that game was twenty seven to twenty. So Atlanta wins that second half twenty to three. I mean, I, I get that you're you have a big halftime lead, but I I still think as a you know, a prideful organization to allow your defense to give up that many passing yards in a game is, is, is frankly inexcusable. And, and I think that they are susceptible on that end uh, on defense. And, uh, you know, you get a Tampa Bay team who, you know, has such an inconsistent play at quarterback that, and that's my, that's why it's only a lean for me here is because of that. Jameis Winston, just too inconsistent, man. Right. (laughs) Another, another two interceptions last weekend's against Tennessee um you know probably ended up causing them the game there um but you look at Tampa Bay last week too they they did outgain Tennessee by over 100 yards they they played well defensively uh they stopped the uh, you know a powerful Tennessee rushing game um they actually probably should have covered and won that game I don't know if you were watching that game at all I mean a little bit not a whole bunch last week but still there was a fourth and two 
um, end of the game, Tennessee runs a fake punt, trying to just convert it and yeah. and end the game. Right, kicker punter gets lit up, F- clear fumble recovery, taken for a touchdown. Uh. They they blew <laughs> the play dead, blew the play dead, and uh, so obviously no no touchdown there. And uh, okay, but it was still a close game. Still against close game. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. He came down to a. Close I'm just saying. I'm just, yeah. So so uh, Tampa Bay. I I think that they, you know, have a. Have a good team. It's just that inconsistent play at quarterback is is not making this a like for me. I, I want to fade Seattle here. I I do think they're overrated, and uh, and I would lean Tampa Bay here. Okay, I always say this. First of all, it's the NFL, so we have to take this whole strength of schedule thing with a grain of salt. I mean, just because the Seahawks have not played quote the best schedule so far this season, I go back and look at some of these games. They beat the Chargers by eight points on the road. They beat the Chargers are terrible. They beat the Saints by six points at, at home. They beat the Rams. They beat uh, the they beat the uh, I mean it's not the the Steelers. I guess two points when <clears throat> that was when Big Ben went out. Yeah, and then when they play teams like the Cardinals, they won twenty seven ten. I mean, I know they beat the Browns thirty two twenty eight, but they were up big in that game. I just don't get this whole fading Seattle, not liking Seattle. They've only played the teams they they they've been asked to play. They get a, I think, underachieving Buccaneers team this year. You just mentioned Jameis Winston. That's why this can't be a bet for me because you don't know how he's going to show up on the road. The Seahawks are one of the best home teams in the entire NFL. When I saw this five points, there's a lot of dead numbers between four mm-hmm. and five and a half. So this four, came, this came four off of half. six. It was six. It came down. So you know, six is more of a key number there for sure. So a little bit of Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. money early mm-hmm. in the week. Yeah, I, I I don't love this game. It's not going to be a strong play for me, like the Indi- or like the Denver game was last week. Right. But I would certainly lean Seahawks in this game. I think they get the win at home. I think this is one of the easier teams they played, and I know Tampa Bay. And maybe I'm getting sucked into Tampa Bay's results, but I just don't like this offense. And, and Seattle has the 19th overall passing defense. It's not horrible, but that does improve at home to a little bit above average in the league. So I'm going to take the Seahawks here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for Tampa Bay, it would definitely come down to establishing a strong run game, uh, which I think they can do. Their offensive line, pretty decent against a, uh, a weaker Seattle front four. It, so if they can you know, establish a run game and control time of possession, that's the only way I think they could – the cover and and possibly win this game. But. Tampa Bay is not or uh, Seattle's not had a buy yet. That that may factor in. Tampa yeah. Bay had a buy two weeks ago, so uh, they had to buy a lot of time to prepare for that game last week, which is again not a good testament for Tampa Bay that they had a whole week off and that's what we saw last week. So yeah. it's not very promising that this Tampa Bay team. It's tough for me to put my money behind them. Uh, it's a pass, but I'd certainly lean the other way there. So all right, next game uh, Houston at. Jacksonville. Um, this game is being played in London. Uh, a little bit of London, <laughs> huh? We gave out some soccer picks yesterday. Yeah, yeah, you yeah go. we did. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning Jacksonville here. Uh, this is Jacksonville's seventh London game. Uh, this is, I think it's, um, it's almost a home fielded, home field game for them. Jacksonville, uh, one of the, you know, seventh time being there, they get a lot of support out in London in those games. Um, I think it's, uh, it's not. You know, valued in this market right now, the line Jacksonville plus one and a half. Um, so I think there is a little bit of a, a almost a home field advantage edge for him there. This is Houston's first trip to London, uh, new experience there. Also, JJ Watt out for the season. We've seen this before. This guy, this is is he's 
a monster leader on this defensive team. Not only that, but when you're focusing as an opposing team against J.J. Watt, you, you're you're planning your double teams. How are you going to help out blocking this guy? And that frees up all the other players on defense to to make plays. That's not going to be the case this time. Um, you know, also Jacksonville. I think this is a revenge spot for him. Uh, you know, with that missed two point conversion in Houston, I, I I really think that this team is going to be motivated to win this division game in London. Yeah, I'm on your side here. By the way, I forgot to play one sound drop, and, and until we get off last week, and I can stop talking about <laughs> my my huge week last week, I got to play this. I win again, just like always. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Got that out of the way. Look, I agree, and it's for a few reasons. You mentioned the home field; that's a big deal, but. If I were handicapping this game and it were a very good team against an awful team and there weren't wasn't the revenge and there wasn't the loss, that's not worth that many points. I hear a lot of people talk about that. That's very minuscule. I wouldn't start my handicap with that. Is my point. It's 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 a factor, but it's not a huge factor. I think the biggest factor here is the actual travel to London. That's a big deal. People don't make a big enough deal of going from the United States to London. It's a huge. It's a strange travel scenario. The the best teams who've done this over and over and over tend to go later on in the week and get their own kind of schedule, own routine. It's very different, different atmosphere, different build up to the game. NFL players are largely creatures of habit. So the fact that Jacksonville's been there a lot before, that's a big upgrade, m- much bigger than the actual in-stadium mm-hmm. noise you're going to get or the, the backing of the fans. I don't know how. I think we can both agree Jacksonville doesn't have one of the better home field advantages right. in the NFL. But even when they do play at home, it's never like an extra dose of fan helps them, or, yeah. or they play so much better at Jacksonville Stadium. I think they get more support in London than they do and, and, in their own stadium. And, and that's a fair point, but I still don't think it's even worth a half point in this game. I think it's really? notable, but not worth that much. The travel to London, in my opinion, is worth a lot more than the actual home field. Uh, my, my main factor to this whole handicap, though, is the Houston stats. And, and Ryan mentioned how J.J. Watt is out right now. If you look at their defensive stats, the running game... They are, if you look at uh, Defensive Dave, uh, some of these football outsiders, advanced statistics, they're the fifth best overall rushing defense, but that's incorporating J.J. Watt into those stats. It's not like the market retroactively goes back after an injury and says, okay, let's take J.J. Watt out and hypothetically rank them as if he wouldn't have played all year. You can't do that. That's what we try and do. The market does not do that, though. So I think that there's a bit of a... Uh, an underreaction in terms of how much more susceptible this running game is going to be for Houston, which will inevitably open things up for Minshew Mania uh, on the back end. So I like uh, the travel. I-, I like how the stats are not incorporating the injuries for Houston. And really, if you if you take those two, it's certainly a bettable game. You add a little uh, lime juice on top, a little cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah. I had Mexican food recently, so the lime juice is, is uh, in your head, front of mind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and I agree with you. I'm on Jacksonville here. One and a half points. It's it's a nice line there. you got about a half point to work with before it really matters in terms of dead numbers. I think Jacksonville gets the win here on the road. Yeah, it's a huge, huge travel spot, like you said, too. And, um, you know, in these London games uh, as well, there's – I think they've um, kind of gone through about five different stadiums in London – but this will be the seventh game for Jacksonville. All seven games have been played at Wembley Stadium, so they they are very familiar with this uh, with this specific stadium as well. You know, you're not going to uh, you know Tottenham's Field or something like that. They're they're very um, accustomed to the stadium, and uh, and also to mention too uh, on defense for Houston in 
they have cluster injuries as well. Two of their starting cornerbacks just got downgraded to out and their starting safety out. So both teams have a bye next week. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not sure that impacts one team more than the other. I think it may impact Houston more because Houston may just want to get out of this spell where they lost right. J.J. Watt. They now have some injuries. They're going to to London for the first time. This seems like a weird foreign trip for them. I could see the mindset for Houston being, oh, let's get this thing out of the way. Let's, uh, let, let's get back home. Let's reset. Hit the reset button next week and kind of get ready to push forward. I could see Jacksonville making this a business trip, saying we have revenge on our minds, like you pointed out earlier. Uh, we've been here before. Let's do what we always do. And I think Jacksonville performs well. So I don't know if the bye weeks next week have a huge edge, but since it's a, it's a factor, we have sure. to mention it. Mm-hmm. And I think if any team benefits from that, Maybe even in a minor sense, it's got to be uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, so. love it. All uh, right, I, got a, well, I got a prop on that. What what would be the over under um, London fans with uh, uh, Minshew mustache in the crowd? Ooh, the <laughs> Minshew mania mustache. <laughs> probably yeah. a lot. I, probably gonna, I think so. I think they're going to really embrace <laughs> it out there. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, I will also wonder because they play these games. Right around the same time the soccer games are being played. Okay. And those are huge. I yeah. mean I mean, if you're talking about Pacific time, the majority of the soccer games get played at seven o'clock Pacific time, and this game happens six thirty. Okay. So you wonder, you know, I know NFL's big there, but if I were trying to promote the NFL, I would do it at a different time. You you yeah. want everyone to be focused on that instead of the non soccer fans trying to or maybe that's part of the NFL strategy. There's those who love the NFL, those who love soccer, kind of the the taboo fans, right? Yeah. I know there's a lot of people in the, U- in the United States who say, screw college football, I'll watch soccer in the morning, you know? So it's a small percentage. That's 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 no doubt about that. But maybe they're just trying to get those fans. But I just wonder, you know, with the Minshew Mania and all that stuff, how much is that going <laughs> to impact it? I think it's that's a real thing. Yeah, but. I do. I really do. All right, lean Jacksonville there. All right, uh, moving on to the Monday night game. Dallas at the New York Giants. Look, I like the New York Giants here, plus seven. You know, Dallas, they they have shown that they can struggle on the road, scoring 31.8 points at home this season, 21 points on the road. Okay. I, I think that, you know, this is a spot for the Giants where this is this is still a young team. They're they're led by Daniel Jones, a rookie quarterback. This they, they have shown that they are not going to give up in any game. We saw it last week against Detroit. They came back, stormed back, and, and covered that game. And uh, so it's a team that doesn't give up. What I like, too, I, I understand Dallas coming here off a of bye. So I looked up. And know, a big win. And a big win. So I looked up Jason Garrett off a of bye. He's 5-3 and three off the bye. You know, Straight about, up or against the spread? Uh, against the spread. So about what you kind of expect there. Um, what's interesting, what I saw here was – this is um they coming off a bye, they have played the Giants three times in Jason Garrett's tenure. He they're one and two off the bye against the Giants there. Uh, you know, small sample size as well, but um a larger sample size here. Dallas as a seven point road favorite in their last thirty games, eight and twenty two against the spread. Giants as a home dog, seven points or greater, eleven and five against the spread. That surprises me because Dallas has been known to be a team that doesn't have good home field advantage the last five years or so. I mean, everyone always talks about how the, how the Cowboys go on the road and they play right. good football. So 
that stat surprises me that when they go on the road and they're expected to win by a touchdown or more, they don't they, do well. They don't the do well. Yeah. And, um, you, it, uh, also the giants here, they are Owen six, their last six games against the spread versus Dallas. That is the longest streak by any team in this, in this division rivalry. I, I don't, think that's going to sustain i think this is an energized team monday night football in new york for a rookie quarterback there's going to be a lot of excitement surrounding this game i really like the giants to play hard in this game and and cover this spread you mentioned the home road splits i was looking at the home road games here for dallas and seeing the difference and boy there's a difference for dallas underperforming uh, so drastically on the road. Again, to repeat Ryan's stats, it was roughly 31 points scored at home, yep. roughly 21 points scored on the road. Uh, their their road games have been the Washington Redskins, the Jets, the Saints. I know the Saints, Saints was tough, not not bad. Yeah, but those are the only <laughs> three road games they've had this season. Uh, they they play the Giants at home, the Cowboys at home, Packers. And the Eagles. Uh, Eagles, yeah. So uh, have they played the Eagles? Yeah, and yeah. The that Eagles. was the, that was their big win right before the bye. So yeah. it is a difference being home and road. They have had a tougher schedule at home. So what we're saying here is, when Dallas plays tougher teams, they're playing better offensively against better defenses, seemingly. But this is all happening at home. They go on the road. That kind of goes out the window. Why do you think that is? It has to be the style they're playing. It's, it has nothing to do with the home field at AT and T Stadium. It, that you know, you mentioned how we we've seen them perform better on the road in the past years. I think that that kind of switched and uh, really since Dak kind of came along, it, it's kind of shifted a little bit. Um, but I, I don't know why they they underperform when they go on the road. I it's maybe it's just a conservative, more conservative play it, calling. That, that or, has to be it. Is, is yeah. Jason Garrett's not giving Dak the opportunity to make plays like he is at home? Right. I mean, I can't. It's not like the home field advantage is there. I mean, I know they play it's, usually playing surface yeah. doesn't have a whole lot to do with it's it. It's also the defense is is not as strong. I, we saw the Sam Darnold throw for over three hundred thirty yards against this defense, um, who who I think is is in the top ten, and and they underperform every time on the road. Uh, defensive Dave, which is the Football Outsiders ranking, has Dallas as the nineteenth overall defense. Uh, they have them as the, uh, let's see, passing defense. They are rated 19th yeah. and rushing defense 17th. So right there, below average in rush defense. Um, I think something, too, that we've talked about earlier with the, the Houston Texans. Sometimes with injuries, especially cluster injuries, but with big injuries, the market doesn't take into account these injuries when they're plugging numbers in. And Saquon Barkley's missed a lot of time this year. The Giants have gotten healthier and healthier throughout the season, and that's a huge positive for them. I mean, coming into this game, yeah. if you're just assuming that they're going to be the same net-net production we've seen all season long, I think that's that's misguided. I think that the Giants are a, a much better team. They have something to play for. Barkley had a monster game week one against this Cowboys team, too. Who? Saquon Barkley. Oh, you know who I was thinking for some reason is Matt Barkley. Charles? Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Um, no, why the hell am I not thinking Saquon Barkley? I love Saquon. Yeah, yeah, he had um, a, he had a monster week against his team. I think uh, the problem was they went down quick early with uh, with Eli, so then they kind of faded from the run game. But if they can, you know, maintain a, a seven point margin in this game and and be able to run the ball like they want to do, it will really. Uh, I think they'll obviously attack Dallas really well with Barkley, and then it will really open up things for. Uh, uh, Daniel Jones, a quarterback. I look at the scoring here for the New York Giants. They've scored 24 points in the first, 
65 in the second, and it's about even in the third and fourth, 35 points each in the third and fourth. Any reason why that may be the case? They're getting off to slow starts this year? No, I don't I don't know why that is. I mean, I know that their defense obviously is, is the biggest question mark in this game as well, and it is every week. But uh, So maybe they just get down to, you know, big leads early, and then they are playing catch-up most of the time. That, that may be the case. And let's face it, in the NFL, you get a lot of that. It happens very often where teams will uh, fight back, battle back. They'll get big stats. Mm-hmm. They'll get, I remember a couple years ago, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they were winning three games a year, four games a year, but they had a lot of guys who were productive in fantasy football. Right, Blake <laughs> Bortles. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, Allen, uh, Allen Robinson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there were certain guys who would have these great seasons despite the outcome, and it was always because they were coming back, coming back in games. I think you get sort of the same thing here with the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones is turning into a pretty average fantasy player. He's projected to be in the top 15 this week, which is, which is above average. You're going to get Saquon, who's going to get his points, some receivers. So I think that that is the case. They find themselves back a lot and end up having to kind of you know use the second, third, and fourth quarters to battle back. Um, but I lean the, the Giants, too. I yeah. think seven points. I just naturally always go towards the bigger underdogs sure. in these type of situations. It's just tough because you see Dallas and what they've done the last couple of games. They're getting better and better, and it seems like the more pressure is on Dallas, the more the media and fans are asking them to do, the the worse they do. Yeah. I mean, they were crumbling there for a few weeks after a great start to the season. I think they may have kind of righted the ship here, but I believe everyone's too high on Dallas. I don't think Dallas is that good. Many people have them a top-five team in the league. I don't think that's the case at all. I, um, I, got, I got them right around six, so... Just what outside you, the top five. What do you have the Giants at? Giants are twenty fifth. So how? So why are you liking? I I just like this spot. I think the line is right around where it should be, uh, but I I think that I really like this spot for the Giants. I mean, I can't even think of the last time um, there was a big Monday Night Football game for the Giants that they're actually excited about. This yeah, is, that's true. You know, this is a New York man. This is this is New York. They they've been bashing on Eli they've been wanting something good and they finally get it with Daniel Jones I think there's really a lot of excitement surrounding this team and and you get a Monday night football game division rival I I think it's a huge trap spot for Dallas and and I think the Giants might even be able to win this game so you like New York Giants plus seven yep all right special thanks to brand new show sponsor top-notch odds Now, we're going to talk about this a lot because, as you know, I'm a professional better, and the biggest part of being a pro, the biggest, the easiest, and most important aspect of being a pro is making sure you can shop around. I meet so many people who bet on one website, one outlet. They go to their closest sports book in Vegas or Jersey or Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, I've got a little DraftKings outlet down the street. I like to to make my bets there. Or, oh, yeah, I bet online at so-and-so.com, wherever you make your bets. Well, the most important thing is is shopping around and finding the best edge possible. Let's put it this way. If you spend, uh, some games I spend an hour handicapping, okay? 
If you spend an hour handicapping a game and you're trying to find every little edge, every margin possible, the, the goal is to is to get the the biggest differences. So if you project a game to be minus seven and the and the spread is minus three, that's a huge huge difference, right? So you're always trying to find these little edges here or there. Obviously, if you think the spread's seven and there's a bunch of threes out there, but you can find a two and a half, you bet the two and a half. Well, what shopping around does is naturally gives you. Uh, an edge here, an edge there. And if you go to, I promise you right now, you go look at these, well, football games are a little bit less liquid, but any basketball game, most football games, soccer games, hockey games, any, really any other sport, and sometimes it does happen in football, you'll see drastic differences. I know some of these hockey games we give out, you're going to get 25 cent differences. On some websites, the Oilers are going to be minus 150. On others, they're going to be minus 125. So, just by the nature of shopping around, if that's the case, you've now saved yourself 25 cents on that game without having to do any additional handicapping. The ability to shop around and find the best line is so important for gamblers and so important for pros or every, whether you're making a couple bets a week. And I have a great website for you if you're looking to make new bets on a new site, topnotchodds.com. Check them out online, topnotchodds.com. Put in the uh, promo code SHARP. Edge, and you get a 200% promo uh, uh, bonus with that promo code. So you want to put in 50 bucks, they'll match it and give you 100 back. It's like winning two bets in a row. Uh, topnotchodds.com on Twitter at topnotchodds. Great new sponsor of the show. All right, Ryan Elliott, NFL betting expert in studio. Do you have any other uh, best bets for the weekend? Any other major games you're looking at? I, I don't have any best bets myself. There is a big game uh, this weekend in Baltimore uh, where the Patriots will uh, travel and, and play the Ravens. This is the game that stood out to me the most. When I was looking down the whole slate of NFL games, I stopped on this one. It was like uh, a red light on, <laughs> on the games. And I go, wait, 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 wait. New England, three-and-a-half-point underdogs at Baltimore. Favorites, favorites. Excuse me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's a big difference here. <laughs> New England, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Baltimore. Now, my very first reaction, probably the square one, how do you not take New England here? And it's not just the square reaction from, oh, I love New England against Baltimore. It's that if there's one coach who I'm going to trust to shut down uh, Lamar Jackson in this quirky Baltimore offense – it's Bill Belichick, and that was my initial thought: is how do you not lean Bill here? How do you not lean tight or uh, uh, Patriots here? They've been playing unbelievable football. This defense is the best defense, like in the history of the game. I doubt they keep it up, but they've been playing at another level. It's 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 ridiculous what they've been able to do. And I think Tom Brady is just good old Tom Brady, depleted offense or not. And let's face it, the addition of Mohamed Sanu Huge. that's mm-hmm. going to be big that's for them, man. Big. They finally have a guy on the outside big target. Yeah. Okay. And then you start doing the research. And it turns out Baltimore and this style of offense is actually the, the style of offense that Bill Belichick struggles with. I mean, if you look at like, the quarterbacks in the past to give Bill Belichick issues, I know it's not many. You're going to have to look few and far between, but it is these guys who can run and kind of make things weird and extend the play. Also, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, one of the best teams in the league coming off of a bye. I know going back to 2002, and Ryan, I'm going to have to check this because I was doing the 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 math myself after an article that was posted in 2015. Mm-hmm. I think they have four losses since 2002 off of a bye. Only four. Wow. This team is one of the best in the NFL. They had a bye week last week, all the time in the world to prepare for New England. And 
I just don't think that New England is going to look at this game as a huge must-win game. There's not that much motivation, no that much reason for New England to treat this like 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 the Super Bowl. And frankly, I think the Baltimore Ravens will be treating this like the Super Bowl. This is a huge game for them. They now see the window to where they can win the division, the uh, AFC North, and I think that they really give New England a, a run for their money here. It's a complete pass for me. This is a complete pass because I don't. It's one of my rules that. I usually don't bet against Bill Belichick. Yeah, Ryan, uh, I bet against him once this year with Buffalo. What happened that game? Yeah, yeah, that was. I win again, just like always. Yeah, I, I think New England's covered eighty percent of their games this season, and that was the one they didn't cover. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, there we go, man. It's yeah. uh, it do- it doesn't get it doesn't get old ever. Ryan, <laughs> N- making money never gets yeah, old yeah. ever. But. I just see a lot of factors going both ways here. And, and frankly, the only factors for New England is how good they've been this season, which I know it's kind of a square approach. You should never make a, game, a, a bet because, well, they were really good last week and they've looked really good this year. We know they've looked really good this year. If there's obvious things, you can assume those are baked into the line. And if the line is right, folks, we don't make bets. That's like saying, I hear a lot of people say, well, well, I mean... The Broncos, they're they're playing a backup quarterback this week. Of course they're going to look. Well, that's baked into the line. They, they know that. The, the market is well aware that Joe Flacco's not playing this week. That's incorporated in the line. Uh, the New England Patriots, will they have Tom Brady? Well, we know they have Tom Brady. We know how good he is. That's incorporated in the line. What you want to look for are things the market is overlooking or not, not accounting for at all. And to me, the New England Patriots are the right side here because – They've looked so good this year. They've looked so dominant. But that's, like I said, Ryan, the square side of me saying that. It's just oozing out. Baltimore, the stats back it up. The the, the bye week backs it up. The fact that that eventually New England's going to lose one of these games against the spread. Yeah. I think they have to. Yeah, I I think so. You make a good point, too. I feel like in this spot where it's perceived as a big game middle of the season, you know, it's not a big game to New England. Right. You right. know, you've seen it before uh, a couple years back when Peyton Manning was in Denver, and and the Broncos went into New England and won the game. But but then they play in the playoffs, and guess what happens? New England wins the game. Yeah, you by know, a that's lot. What, that's what they do. Yeah. Um. So you make a good point there. I think it's a bigger game for Baltimore. And uh, to to back up your uh, after the buy stat there, since two thousand at home. Um, after a bye, uh, Baltimore's only got two losses against the spread. See that yeah, led strong. two losses two against losses. the spread. Woo! That's that. Uh, that's sample size right there too. Yeah. That's going back a long time. This coach John Harbaugh knows what he's doing off a of bye. Sometimes they're great going into the bye. Sometimes they're awful. I know last year they had lost three games in a row. It was like panic button we need the bye week right now what does baltimore do after the bye week they come out and win three games yeah. in a row so i like this team off a of bye week I got, I got a question for you too tyler yes. so it's it's three and a half right now and and i've seen you know a lot of a lot of money coming in on baltimore but but the bookies they're not dropping it to three are right. they are they what are they scared of there are they scared of you know new england people pounding new england when it gets to three or, yeah i think or, yeah because what'll happen often is many times when you see books weight the vig heavier than the actual spread it, it, and that's what you're talking about right because yeah. right mm-hmm. now i'm seeing a lot of websites baltimore's plus three and a half minus 125 and the new england patriots are minus three and a half plus 105 what happens very often in this case when it's flipped is they'll be doing teaser protection things like that parlay protection um it, I could see the same sort of thing here where you once it goes to three, yes, people are going to hammer uh, New England because it's a very safe number. You have the draw option, but they're even more scared of 
all those $15, $10 betters putting 18 parlays in there with New England plus three. It's a mm-hmm. huge oversight to have that three instead of three and a half. Or I guess it's a huge risk to have that three instead of three and a half to where they would rather keep that number three and a half and just start juicing up the VIG for the underdog. And I really think that once the square money starts coming in, this will even out more and more. But the reason they do that, yeah, it's it's because they don't A, they don't want people hammering the three for New England. And B, they don't when it's flipped, it's more of a teaser thing, right? Yeah. If they were scared to go from uh, three to three and a half, that would be saying that they don't want people teasing Baltimore. The market's not afraid of te- people teasing Baltimore. You know, even it, whether it's uh, a nine and a half or nine, that's not that big of a deal. Eight and a half, eight, that's mm-hmm. not a huge deal. This is all about New England not getting to three for the parlay opportunities. A lot of people stacking those up. Because that's one thing that the books have to take into account. It's not just the bets on one team. It's all these little parlays that funnel into all these games. So it's very it's very hard for the books to always keep up with that stuff. And you'll see that rarely, but this week, that's that's a big one. And yeah. very, very good to point that out, Ryan. But uh, yeah, New England, if you bet a minus three and a half right now, you're going to get plus money. That doesn't happen very often. That doesn't, no. no. <laughs> all right. Um, any other games you uh, specifically wanted to point out? No, I can't can't think of any other uh, ones. I've got a couple here. Yeah. The Packers at the Chargers. I like the Chargers here, plus four and a half. Uh, New... Uh, Green Bay keeps defying the odds. Mm-hmm. And it says something to me when the market wants to fade a team, like the market has wanted to fade Green Bay now for a while, and Green Bay keeps winning. It's in spite of the market. Whenever a team's winning in spite of the market, I just can't wait to bet the other side. I did last week and lost with Kansas City. I think that I'm going to do it again this week with the LA Chargers. They're plus four at home. I think they keep this thing close. I'm not saying the Chargers win, but four points is way, way, way too many. I know the Chargers don't have a, a great home field advantage. Let's call it two. To say that, right. that Green Bay is even six points better than L.A. is ridiculous, folks. And, and just to do the quick math out there for those who don't know, uh, if the Green Bay Packers are six points better than the L.A. Chargers in, in any power ranking system, well, the L.A. Chargers get two points for home field advantage. It's a, it's a below average home field advantage. So we have to mitigate two points for home field. So the LA Chargers, six points worse, plus the two points for home field. That's how you get the plus four. But I don't agree that Green Bay is six points better than the LA Chargers. I think that's a huge overstep uh, for for the Packers. And I definitely like the Chargers here. I think they may win this game. Uh, they're going to keep it close, though. I'm right there with you. I think also uh, from a psychological approach, too, the Chargers, you know, they, they've dropped so many close games that the, the three fumbles on the goal line against Tennessee, they finally, finally get a break their way with Chicago missing the field goal. They get a win, big win in Chicago. They're coming home. I think it's a motivating factor for the Chargers. I think they're going to really come out and play hard this game. And my last game that I wanted to talk about, the Oakland Raiders are hosting the Detroit Lions. Uh, you know what, man? Over. I like I like <laughs> Oakland in this game, and and Ryan, I like the I landed on the over too, but that's yeah, what everybody says. It is so square. Yeah. You know it's square when it, it's it's obvious. Okay, I, and I also kind of want to put a macro point out there in any sport, any game, any bet that you make that feels so good. It those are always the ones that end up losing. <laughs> it's, it's always yeah. the bets where it's like, guys, is this the right play? I don't feel great about this. Don't feel. Folks, last week, and uh, you know I was going to bring this up again, Ryan, <laughs> when the Broncos closed, and th- but this is a good point because everybody was on the Broncos last week. When the Broncos closed, or I should say everyone was on uh, Indy last Indy, week, mm-hmm. Broncos at Indianapolis, that line closed about six, uh, uh, six maybe even six and a half yeah, I saw. Yeah. Okay? There was 92% of tickets 
coming in. So 92 out of 100 people going to the window were betting on the Indianapolis Colts. 86% of the money was on Indianapolis Colts. So the squares were on Indy last week. The sharps were on Indy last week. The most expensive betting conglomerates in the world were on Indy last week. And the people walking in for $5 were on Indy last week. Everybody was on Indy. That's how you win money. When you're going against the grain, not just the, the squares, but the pros too, you have to push back and you have to eventually say, I don't care what the, what the majority is saying. I don't care what way this line's going. I like my side. I think the same is, is true here with, with the Oakland Raiders. I don't care what side everybody else is on. I have a good idea. Most of the Sharps are going to be on Detroit. Most of the Squares are going to be on Detroit. You look at Oakland's travel just back home. They're, they're, they're an overrated team in the first place. Many people like to back the Lions. The Lions are actually one of the most public teams this year in terms of money. And all that goes into, oh, well, horrible defense. Oakland can't defend the pass. Uh, Detroit can't defend the pass. Derek Carr's having a good season. Matt Stafford projected to have a breakout year. This all adds up to, well, of course the over is going to cover. But what I think we're failing to realize is that the Oakland Raiders' defensive stats are right there, uh, baked in, synonymous with their awful schedule. The one thing that's going to struggle and suffer on the road is the running game and the defense, the two things that take essentially the most effort to, to get up for. So it's no surprise to me Oakland's defenses look this bad this year. Look at their schedule. That, that, that's, that's, that's excusable. Okay, They're finally coming back home where they're comfortable playing one of the best, most underrated home field advantages this season. And above everything, Ryan, you talk about psychology, what's going on in the locker room. I thought something last week watching Oakland. And it's a point that I think everybody was wrong about, including myself. Oakland wasn't tired last week. Oakland wasn't dead last week. I'm watching the Raiders game going, well, so much for that part of the handicap where it's their last, you know, sixth road game in a row. They looked fresh. They looked ready to go. So I'm, I'm thinking, why is that? Because there's a few reasons that could be. Late in the season, you're fighting for a playoff spot. Not really. A uh, lot of, lot of uh, uh, younger guys fighting for a playoff spot with a new coach. Okay, I think we're getting somewhere. I think the Raiders are excited to play in Vegas. I think that there's a whole thing no one's talking about. I think these 20, 21, 22, 25-year-old kids on the Raiders okay, are so excited, so amped up about the opportunity to play in Vegas next year. They see what's going on with the Vegas Golden Knights. They see what a great sports town it can be. The the pay increase, the great stadium, the ability to play on the Las Vegas Raiders is a lot different than the Oakland Raiders, especially for a lot of these guys who who right like Marshawn Lynch went to play there because he mm-hmm. loved the Raiders. It's not it's not like college. Mm-hmm. It's not like a huge thing. These players don't love the Oakland Raiders. So I think what's going on right now is they're whether it's being talked about or not, and I don't know whether it is or not, but it's a very real thing. These guys want to play on the Las Vegas Raiders, so everyone's playing for a job right now. Everyone's showing up, not taking one snap off because they don't want to get cut and they want to play on this what what should be a pretty good team next year. I think that's a huge factor in this game. Yeah, major factor. I think it stems from John Gruden. You know, he's doing something to help these guys also get motivated about that. Uh, what, what was this thing on Hard Knocks? Clap, clap twice if you're with me or no, something. I don't know what his thing on Hard Knocks was, man. <laughs> I just know those Gruden grinders. They're tearing it up this year, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, they, they are in... And I was um, I was impressed with their defense too. They they were out there making plays last week against Houston. I, I think that if they were playing any other quarterback besides Deshaun Watson, they're winning that game. So so yeah. you know you know hands down hands up to their to to their defense there. And uh, 
I think they're going to play strong and, and like you said, very excited to, to move forward with the organization and, and move to Vegas. So. Yeah, it's a big part of the Oakland Raiders not quitting so far this season. Minus two, I think that's a good number at home. I think the Oakland Raiders score a lot of points on the Detroit defense, and that's something that we haven't talked about much in this cap. Detroit's defense is not good at all. Now, I know Oakland's defense has not had great stats this year, but as I said, I, I attribute that largely to their schedule this season. It's grueling, grueling, unforgiving schedule. Well, how's Detroit done? Uh, not very good. 24th passing defense, 19th rushing defense, and if there's one thing Oakland wants to do, it's allow to open up the rush with the pass. Derek Carr, also one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the league. Ryan, I can see this getting out of hand. I think Oakland wins this game. I think they win it comfortably. I lean over the square side. I do. I, I admit. I lean over 50 and a half just because... But he, here's the thing, Ryan. is you know that I don't create my own NFL lines, I don't originate... And I feel like I would like the over and over over under. I'd like the over, no matter what it was. It could be fifty two and a half or forty nine and a half. I'd be like, well, I lean the over. You know, so that's yeah. where I get caught. Is I should have a better idea of what that over under number is because, of course, you like the under, but I don't know if fifty well, and a half if, is a good number if for you this. Look, you know, average scoring, like I said, the last two years is forty six points for for an average score in the NFL. So we're we're talking what four and a half points above average here. Yeah, you know, I think the number's probably close to right, but like you said, I'd definitely lean over. Yeah, but um, the style of this game will yeah. certainly be more open, yeah. I think is what we're saying. But I see more propensity for this Oakland defense to overperform their stats, way more of a likeliness than Detroit will overperform their stats. I, I think they have, too. Uh, you know, just on an eye test, I think they are overperforming because they're they're young and excited. I love, I was watching, um, uh, what's his name, Colin uh, Farrell, how do you say his last name, the the kid from Clemson that they drafted, oh, I you don't know, know, fourth round. But you're this, you're I the know. fifth I, I don't round. Know how to say. I think ninth it's not Farrell. I don't think it's Farrell, but uh, it, the guy's a stud, and he's playing like like a top draft pick, and and he's getting everyone else excited. I, I really, I actually like this defense. I do think they overperform in this game, and um, you know the reason Detroit's been struggling with the pass. You know, a big part of that is their uh, star cornerback, Darius Slay, has been out yeah. and, and, again, questionable this weekend. So, yeah, they, that could really open things up for Derek Carr. In the How office. do you say the rapper's name? Is it Pharrell? Pharrell. Pharrell, yeah. P-H. Boy, he, P-A. Boy, that little Kim, she's fat. <laughs> P-H. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, good job today, Ryan. You yeah. got anything else? No, no, man. No! Ryan! Yes! Ryan the Tap! Yeah! Good job, man. Let's hope to get Love some it. let's hope to get some dubs on the board, huh? Yeah. Ready to get Big some weekend dubs, in the NFL. Thanks again to Ryan Elliott, NFL betting expert, for coming on in. Thanks again to topnotchodds.com, new sponsor of the show. So we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Sharp Angle. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player.